It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do, that's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Join Bloomberg in San Francisco or virtually on May 7th for The Future Investor, Data-Powered Transformations. This 2024 event series will examine how data is not only playing a pivotal role in investment decisions, but serves as a driving force behind the construction of innovative, investable enterprises. This series is proudly sponsored by Invesco QQQ. Register at BloombergLive.com slash futureinvestor slash radio. Look at the stock year to date right now. Um, it's up 896%, a massive gain after an agreement. Well, a, a lot of it came uh, after an agreement that, to restructure $5.2 billion of debt and to sell shares as the used car retailer tries to regain its footing following a pandemic boom and bust. The moves are breakthroughs in Carvana's efforts to get a handle on its debilitating debt load. The agreement with bond holders will eliminate about 83% of Carvana's 2025 and 2027 unsecured note maturities. It's going to lower required cash interest expenses by $430 million a year for the next two years. And in total, the company expects to reduce debt with this plan, debt outstanding by more than $1.2 billion. So let's talk about that right now with Ernie Garcia. He is the CEO and chairman of Carvana. He joins us now live from Phoenix. Ernie, great to get you on the program. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, you know, the, the stock had had a, quite a run up even before this agreement. And I wonder how pivotal um, the recovery of your stock has been this year in in clinching this deal uh, with key lenders. Sure. So I, I think that's exactly right. I think we've been on a, a great comeback trail for the last year. I think 2022 was was a tough year for us. We came into the year expecting a ton of growth um, and car prices went up and interest rates shot up and that made it tougher for customers to afford cars. And that was a tough transition for us for sure, but we've been on a very steady path. Uh, you know, we went from last year in Q1, we lost $360 million of EBITDA, which is obviously a, a really tough number. Uh, and then, you know, this last quarter that we just reported yesterday, we had $150 million of positive EBITDA. So a massive change. And I think that's driven most of the comeback and also made it much easier for us to find a win-win solution with our lenders. So in terms of getting the lenders um, to do this deal, you had to get them a little bit closer to the assets. And I wonder if there's any discussion about lowering your voting control. You and your father have, I think, about 8% of the outstanding equity, but 88% of um, the voting control. Will that remain the same? It will remain the same, um, and and we also own uh, you know, more of the stock than that, which I think makes it more proportionate to the to the voting control. But but that will remain the same. Uh, you know, ho hopefully they've got okay faith in us to make decisions. Um, you know, we'll continue to stay on the path we're on today. You had reportedly a, a very uh, highly regarded advisor in Ken Mullis. I wonder if he was in the discussions with you and how helpful his advice was. 
Sure. Well, I think um, I can't say enough good things about Ken. Ken was uh, was great in the discussions. This is obviously not something companies do all the time, uh, so you don't have a ton of experience, and it's helpful to talk to someone that you know you can trust, uh, who has a ton of insight and can help you navigate that. I would also say I think working with the bondholders was uh, much friendlier and, and straightforward and honest and transparent than I think uh, is often perceived. And I think we were able to find a solution that was great for all of us. You know, over the last several years when we issued our debt uh, to build this company that, that kind of has done all the things that we've done over the last many years, we didn't provide collateral. We did unsecured debt uh, and we paid a higher rate as a result. But then that gave us this asset of having collateral today that, that enabled us to come to an agreement with our bondholders, I think is good for everyone. Uh, and undoubtedly getting advice uh, on that journey was very helpful. How much further do you need to reduce your debt load? How much further uh, do you think you can reduce your debt load? And what steps are you going to take to, to uh, achieve that? You know, what I would say is I, I think um, the most important thing here is continue to make progress as a company. I, I think it can be really easy to get caught up in in these transactions and all of these moments, but it's important to remember that, you know, from 2013 when we launched to 2021, you know, we were the third fastest company to ever make the Fortune 500. That, that's, you know, a pretty remarkable achievement. And then in the last 15 months, you know, we've gone from 360 million of negative EBITDA to 150 positive. That, that's a huge, huge move. And, and that's possible for two reasons. Customers love our offering. We have something totally differentiated and they love it. And, and then we have people inside Carvana that are incredibly capable. And when we set our mind to something, we tend to go hit that goal. And we've done that several times in a row. So to me, that's what matters the most by a long, long way. Those are the most important numbers. Uh, you know, the way that we ultimately capitalize ourselves over time uh, may change, uh, but the most important thing is that we deliver great experiences to customers and we have people inside Carvana that, that care and keep building great solutions for our customers. You had uh, a lot of tailwinds though Previous to this, you had uh, very low interest rates um, helping you along with your growth. You had um, easy access to capital during that time period. You had used car prices that were soaring um, during the pandemic that helped. I wonder, with those, with those trends gone now in this sort of new era post-pandemic, how do you get to a net profitability um, a level? Sure. So that's a bit of a complicated question to answer, but I'll, I'll try to do the best I can. I think it's important to remember that, again, from 2013 to 2021, you know, we grew at over 100 percent per year. That was through all kinds of different dynamics, and it wasn't always supported by very low interest rates. I think um, undoubtedly 2020 to 2021 was a good period for us, but it was a period where we actually grew a little slower than we had grown prior. Uh, so I don't think it, the data supports the idea that that was a huge part of our story, um, although you know, to some degree, it maybe has become that. And then I also think car prices going up uh, is actually harmful to us in the sense that it, it hurts our customers and it makes it harder for them to be able to afford cars. So we would love for car prices to drop. I think that would be great for us. It'd be great for our customers. Um, and we look forward to, to that environment as it seems like it may be approaching. So do you, uh, do you think the used car prices are going to continue to come down? If you look at the um, Mannheim index, for example, Prior to the pandemic, we were looking at 140, 150. It soared, obviously, during the pandemic, but has rolled over to about 210 now. Do you see car prices coming down, used car prices coming down further throughout 2023 and 2024? So I think 
predicting prices in any market is is always very hard. So um, yeah, I'll, I'll provide that caveat, and then I'll tell you what what I think is probably most likely over a, you know a couple year time frame. I think uh, you know car prices relative to other prices in the economy have a pretty natural relationship because people buy cars and they buy other things. And you know over the last couple of years when the pandemic hit and new car manufacturers were producing fewer cars, car prices went up dramatically relative to other things. And so we saw monthly payments for car prices go up about 50% uh, when other prices maybe gone up by around 10%. So cars clearly got relatively unaffordable. Uh, I think over time, it is probably more likely than not that the affordability of cars will return relative to other goods, which, which I think does suggest that there should be more downward pressure than upward pressure over time. But you know, calling that month to month is a really, really hard game. I think you know, over the last month or so, we've seen depreciation that looked like the back half of last year. Um, uh, you know, many in the market were surprised by a little appreciation this year. So hard to say. Um, you know, we'll we'll continue to position for uncertainty in that because it's it's hard to to know exactly what will happen. But over time, I think our best expectation is probably car prices continue going down. What other? Um cost levers can you pull to get closer to net profitability? And by the way, do you, Ernie, do you have a forecast for when you'll post a net profit? Oh, we're, we're a company, so we always have forecasts. We never share them. That's part of the that's part of the whole deal. But uh, here's what I would say: is uh, you know we've cut uh, over a billion dollars of expenses out of the business in the last year. Uh, that's a that's a big number, right? Uh, and, and you know we continue to pull expenses out. You know we cut over 100 million out in Q1. We cut another 20 million of expenses out in Q2. So we've got a lot of levers. We'll keep pulling that down. We've also been driving our, our GPU up. Um, so I think the business is performing really well. And, and again, I think uh, you know 2020. 2022 was a tough year for us, uh, but the people inside Carvana came together, and that's why we're having so much success today. Are delivery, are there still um, delivery delays, delivery issues? I know that for a long time, even in your business, the used car business, it was a problem getting buyers their cars in a timely manner. And that's been a problem, obviously, for the, for the manufacturers as well, for new cars. Um, how does that look right now? No, I think um, you know inside of our business, there's kind of two major steps. One step is getting uh, the car from the point where you purchase it to our inspection centers, where we put about thousand dollars of parts and labor in every car to prepare it for the buyer who will ultimately buy it. And then there's our delivery to that customer when they go to our website, they buy it online, and then we deliver it to their door. Um, and we've actually been speeding those timelines up. Uh, recently, we've been testing same-day delivery, which is pretty remarkable. We had one customer in Phoenix the other day that actually got a car delivered an hour and 59 minutes after placing the order, uh, which is pretty remarkable. Um, so, you know, we're trying to, to give customers a huge selection with our online model uh, and then build all of our operations and processes in a way that allow them to not only have that huge selection, but also get the car very quickly. And I think that's something we're very proud of. How much um, do you expect buyers to embrace the online only model? I mean, um, you know, a lot of people want to go into a dealership, kick the tires, look under the hood, or they have in the past. Um, how much do you see that changing? For example, in terms of a percentage of all uh, sales, where do you expect it to go? Sure. So I think different people like different things, and they'll continue to like different things. Uh, I think what we're proud of is that we're giving customers a different kind of offering. Uh, they can go to our website. They can buy a car. You know, we've had people buy cars on our website and, and schedule delivery in as little as 10 or 15 minutes. And then, as I just told you, our fastest delivery was an hour and 59 minutes after that. So it can be very fast. It can be very easy. They get a huge selection of cars, tens of thousands. Uh, they, they generally save money. We, we offer our cars at lower prices than, than most of our competitors because our business model enables us to do that. 
and so it's a different kind of offering for for you know different preferences and and different people are different but the great news is you know today we're about one percent of the market uh so i think our view is that you know when you say you can get a broader selection and you can save money you can save time there's probably more than one percent of people that want to do that all right i'm looking for uh dodge challenger RT, Scat Pack, Wide Body. They're not super easy to find at dealers near me, so I may uh, look to a, a dealer in California. Is that um, what people are increasingly doing, and do you expect it to be maybe 2% of the market in, say, by 2025, 3% of the market by 2025? Well, what I would say is, you know, we've, you know, at, at various times we've had in some of our older markets, market shares already above 3.5% and growing very quickly. Uh, and I think, you know, our product offering is only getting better. I think customers are only getting more comfortable online. Um, and so I, I think our view would be uh, you know, much larger than that o over time. Uh, we'll have to see exactly where it goes. But I think, uh, again, the, the benefits are, are not being online. Online is something that enables customers to save money, to save time, and to have a huge selection. So we're more likely to find that scat back for you. So I think uh, that's what customers are really looking for, and we're trying to provide it. You, you've had to pull back by your inventory, I see from our reporting, uh, by more than 50%. Are you going to be able to bring that back? Because obviously you want to offer a broad uh, array of, of, of vehicles for customers to choose from. Yeah, for sure. I, I think, um, you know, 2022 was about getting back in balance after um, car prices went up and interest rates went up and it made cars unaffordable for customers and slowed down their purchases. And, and I think we've done that. I think that's why our results uh, you know, have been so positive recently. Uh, but I think undoubtedly, as we turn back to growth, um, you know, w which we will do in, in due time, we will certainly want to grow our inventory and give customers an even broader selection. But even today, with the pullback uh, in inventory size to get back in balance, we're offering customers selection of tens of thousands of cars. So it's still a pretty great place to go check out. You know, I, I saw a figure that your total debt load was about $2,000 a car in the last quarter. I'm wondering what it looks like now after this deal and, and where you want to see it. Sure. Uh, at a high level, I think it, it probably decreased by 15 to 20 percent. Uh, and again, I would go back to, to the answer I provided before. Uh, I think the most important thing we could do as a company is just keep delivering great customer experiences, keep building the business the best we can. I think the capital choices uh, will make over time, but I think that's very secondary to, uh, to just building the core business in the best way we possibly can. So, I mean... Before this happened, obviously, there was a lot of speculation in the market. People were worried that you were on the brink um, of, of filing. Now, uh, you've been thrown this lifeline. Can you say now that we're past that sort of crisis point? Are you, uh, does this allow you to avoid any chance of bankruptcy in the future? I'll say more than that. I think we were never there. Uh, you know, I think drama always finds a bigger audience than uh, than reality, which can sometimes be a bit more boring. Um, but we always had a great business. We were always making a ton of progress. Uh, we continued to do so. Um, so I think this, you know, this is a great transaction for us. I think the quarter was a great quarter for us. Uh, I think we're in much better shape than, uh, than many people may have believed before. Uh, and we're going to work hard to be in even better shape in the future. So we'll just keep improving. In terms of costs, Ernie, I wonder, you know, do the people of Carvana have to kind of buckle their belts a little bit tighter um, right now? Do you go for the single instead of the suite? Do you fly commercial instead of private? Do you do everything you can as a company to bring those costs down? 
I think that uh, there's no doubt that we can do more, we should do more, and we have done a lot. I think uh, one of the lessons that I'll take from 2022 is that pressure is very valuable because it drives discipline. And that discipline isn't just where you're spending money, it's also where you're spending time, which is very, very important. And I think uh, you know an advantage that every startup has when they first start out is uh, they always feel a lot of pressure. They, there's a lot of milestones they're trying to hit. It's really tough. And I think as a result of that pressure, productivity per person is very, very high. And I think when you get to become a bigger company, uh, you don't mean to. People are working hard. They're focused. But I do think pressure tends to alleviate slowly but surely. And I think, you know, in a way, we may uh, we may thank the world for providing more pressure uh, on top of us in 2022 because I do think it made us better. And I think we're going to try to maintain that footing that it forced us into because because uh, it caused us to improve very quickly. Ernie, what do you say to the shorts? I saw a report, I think, by S3 Partners yesterday that almost 50% of um, your stock was shorted. What do you say to them, or do you thank them? Because it does look like short covering is a big part of the huge run-up we've seen in the price. Oh, I don't know. I, I think our job is to build the business. I think uh, there's a place in the market for shorts, right? They, they, they look for opportunities where they think things are overvalued, and they decide to take that view. That's their position to take. Um, we got to do our thing and build the business. Um, so I think, you know, I've got no advice for them. Nothing, nothing positive, productive, or, or useful. But you're out with more stock as part of this deal. Um, I assume you'll use those proceeds to lower debt even further. Have the shareholders shared the pain of the bondholders enough? <laughs> That's a complicated question. I guess uh, you, you can ask uh, the, the sum of that. I, I think last year was a tough year for sure, um, and I think we're on the comeback trail now, and I think um, all stakeholders are pretty happy, I think, today. So I think that's the good news. I did see that eight analysts now in the course of 24 hours have boosted their price targets. Um, you're trading right now for just under 50 at 47.23 a share. you have any idea where the stock's going to be, say, in a year's time earning? No idea whatsoever. But we're going to do the best to make the company as best we can. Uh, and then I think the markets can figure out exactly where the stock goes. That's probably the smartest answer. I really appreciate your time, Ernie. Thanks so much for joining us. At oh, you know what? Since you're in Arizona, I do actually have one more question. It has been hot there. And in fact, I think I read that for 20 days in a row, it's been over 110 degrees in Phoenix. Does that, you think, change as well car buyers' behavior? I mean, not just, I have no not idea. just the hot weather there, but I'm just saying weather changes around the world. Do you think it changes car buyers' behavior, driving them further online rather than going out uh, and visiting dealerships? I, I don't think uh, in any material way. I think it makes everyone who lives in Phoenix a little bit tougher so we can go out there and uh, face tough problems and build a great company. So that's what I think happens with all that heat. What doesn't kill you only makes you stronger. Ernie Garcia, <laughs> exactly. thanks so much for joining us, the CEO and chairman of Carvana. Really appreciate your time. Join Bloomberg in San Francisco or virtually on May 7th for The Future Investor, Data-Powered Transformations. This 2024 event series will examine how data is not only playing a pivotal role in investment decisions, but serves as a driving force behind the construction of innovative, investable enterprises. This series is proudly sponsored by Invesco QQQ. Register at BloombergLive.com slash Future Investor slash radio.